Hello! Welcome to the podcast from ThatGuitarLover.com. My name's Ross. I'll be your host for these episodes. Enjoy! Hey neighbors, this week I want to talk about demand destruction. Demand what? I have to confess that I had not heard this term in decades, not since business school in fact, until it was recently used by the fine people at Casino Guitars on one of their video casts. So, credit to them for the proper ter terminology. What does demand destruction mean? The term is used to describe the situation where a product group becomes priced higher than what its buying market is willing to spend. Most often the term is used around higher-end offerings like real estate, but it can certainly apply into our space of guitars and amplifiers. One of the things that good analysts do is look at the cost to purchase of an instrument at some point in the past, most often when that instrument was on a high, and then use the facts of inflation and cost of living changes to determine what that purchase price would be in today's dollars. Until a few years ago, with a few exceptions, we were paying equivalently or less to what our predecessors were paying for the similar instrument of the day. Given the general predilection that the best instruments are like those from the 50s, and that any instrument that will be great should be built like it was 60 plus years ago, this estimate has always been generous in favor of manufacturers. Like it or not, manufacturing processes on the whole have improved substantially in terms of potential for quality and consistency. No one today believes that a car built in 1958 is better built than a car built today. They may lament the loss of simplicity or the ability to work on the vehicle yourself, but more buyers are happier with greater life of their product and fewer issues, generally. Yet guitar buyers, to an interestingly much lesser extent bass buyers, still behave like anything built after 1959 in the case of Gibson or 1964 in the case of Fender is a lesser product. While the utter junk released by both companies in the 70s would show that to be true, it's today. It's also about 50 years later, and overall quality and consistency is better. And when it isn't, no one should be buying that crap anyway. Anyone who tells you that a 1974 Les Paul is vintage is sadly mistaken. It's just old. If the Les Paul that you try today is not a lot better, that's an issue with the Gibson Company, and we, sadly, have lots of evidence to say that this is true, and has nothing to do with when the guitar was made. We've all been trained by manufacturers that prices go up every year, even though there's really nothing different about the guitar year over year. Paint color is not a difference. Going from nickel frets to stainless steel frets is not a sea change. In fact, it's late to the party, as independent builders have been there for a long time. A different wind on a set of pickups is nothing new, the same as changes to wiring looms. These are small evolutionary changes, and sometimes the buyer doesn't like them. Many guitarists just, as a matter of course, change their pickups, and many, including myself, want the guitar refitted to 50s wiring because we like the sound better. Now, keep that to yourself before Gibson or Fender offer 50s wiring for only an extra $150. Regardless, I expect to see that soon enough anyway. The market challenges that prices go up more than once a year now 
without offering anything in return. And while the manufacturers are tin cupping all over the place, whining about not being able to get one thing or another, they are at the same time showing record profit. For a business owner, more profit is the goal. For a buyer, a higher price for no additional return is at the very least an annoyance, if not a point of anger. We have, in all the major brands, hit what we call demand destruction. $2,500 for a basic American Strat? $1,500 for a Mexican-built one? Squires for near $1,000? A basic Les Paul is $3,000? These price tags are basically gouging, and at some points, the buyers say, enough! Their home income is not going up the same way. And it's not just the big brands either. Sire, a very fine, in my opinion, third-party maker, has increased prices and reduced margins to the stores that sell the product. Why would a seller carry a line that makes them less and is harder to sell because it doesn't have the same market awareness as a Fender or Gibson, particularly when the price tag and the margin is not in their favor? Taylor made more guitars than ever last year, despite COVID, and while their overall quality has not suffered a great deal, their prices have gone up for the same instrument. These are companies that plan years ahead. They did not just wake up and go, oh crap, we forgot to buy components for a year. Some makers, like Martin, are trying to keep, open quote, cost, close quote, down by using different materials like HPL, which stands for high pressure laminate, and rich like. They do cost the manufacturer less. But I also note that the manufacturer is not exactly clear what they're talking about. High pressure laminate sounds like it could be anything. But really, it's plastic. There's no wood involved. Rich Light is pressed paper product. Basically, it's recycled paper squished with dye. Yes, paper does come from pulp, which does come from trees, but it's about as close to solid wood fingerboard as a Beetle is to a Veyron. Both cars use gasoline and they roll on tires, but their similarities tend to end there. Some makers are working to preserve quality while others are doing everything they can to get as many guitars out the door before the bottom drops out of the guitar boom. As a business person, I understand that. But take a look inside one of those Gibson Generation Collection Acoustics. They're marketed as real Gibsons at a low price. But what you actually get is crappy construction and glue all over the place inside the body. I've seen high school woodshop guitars that blow these things away Plus, I'm sorry, Gibson, the Generation Collection sounds like crap. Why not save two-thirds of your hard-earned money, get a decent Yamaha or another offshore instrument that is better built, lasts longer, and sounds good to you? The great price is not great. In fact, it's overpriced for a low-quality instrument where the only supposed value proposition is a sticker on a headstock that says Gibson. This is all part of demand destruction. Poor quality for high price. I've watched lots of people in guitar stores play guitars and like them or not, but all cringe when they look at the current price tags. Wages have not gone up at the same rate as food, lodging, and fuel costs, and makers keep jacking prices thinking that we're all idiots who will keep paying extra for less. 
the bottom would fall out of the guitar boom regardless. But these makers who have foisted demand destruction upon the market by their pricing decisions are accelerating the crash and deepening the crater. They're building the scaffold for their own hanging. And don't even get me started on tube-based amplifiers. Thanks for listening, and until next time, peace.